Good afternoon, good night, <laughs> hello, what's up? Welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bell. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, get a pillow, get a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. And get you something cold to drink, something hot, water. Hell, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. <laughs> and I mean that. I have <laughs> been watching that new show, Unprisoned. I have been talking to people as well as listening as people vent. <sighs> My good people. I understand we're all not the same. We're all not the same. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, because I, I wouldn't want to be like anybody else. I just want to be me. I don't want to be you. I don't want to be a carbon copy of you. And I understand we all deal with things differently. 
we all <laughs> deal with trauma and triggers, as they say, and negative and positive, just all different. And that's great because we don't need carbon copies. We need authentic, excuse me, people. But let me explain this. In this world, in this life, you got to have a backbone. If you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. My father used to tell me that. He said, my father used to call me Bean, right? He always wanted a son. <laughs> I came out as a girl, surprise. And he used to be like Bean. If you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. And you need a backbone. We put spiritual people, people with titles and authority in this position <laughs> where we allow them to be disrespectful, abuse us, manipulate us, hurt us. And we give them passes because they are people in authority. <laughs> Folks used to get mad at me because I would stand up to people and they'd be like, you can't say that. Why? They put their pants leg on one leg at a time just like me. Fuck. <laughs> now I would, not gonna lie, I would give people passes because of a title like godparents and stuff. But I had to learn that shit the hard way. And I don't want y'all to learn that. Because that's a hard lesson to learn. I would excuse people's abuse. And, or just go by what it is they said and use it as right or as the book of life. No. No. No, 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 no. Ask questions. Want to know, well, why is this? Now, no, don't ask about the ceremony. Because if you want the ceremony, go pay for it. But ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. We're not going into anything blind. No. Like, why are we doing this? So why do we have to do this? And how is, how is, does everybody do this or... You know, and this don't go, well, for my house. No. How is it supposed to be done correctly? And if you don't know, then be honest and say, hey, I don't know. And let's find out together. Because then I'm going to respect you. But people get this ego. And they just, oh, if a motherfucker know I don't know nothing, then they going to judge me. Well, surprise, they judging your ass now. So what's the fucking difference? <laughs> people like, oh my goodness. Or, you know, also, you don't want people to come and always drop your thing garbage at your front door. Your house going to start smelling. <sighs> people will, people will put their garbage, their issues, their phobias, their fears on you. And you're supposed to eat it. No. The fuck? Because if you're scared of clowns, like I was watching the show with my daughter last night, right? I don't have a fear of clowns. I don't go fuck if you a bad clown, a good clown. The fuck? I see you with one job to make us laugh, right? 
So, but you have people that's scared of clowns. Okay, I get that. But that's your fear. That's your phobia. Ain't got shit to do with me. I'm going to go to the circus. I'm going to go and see a clown and be like, oh, shit, that shit is funny. That's cute. Okay. Or this nigga a killer. Oh, shit. All right. Go kill somebody. I know to move the fuck out the way <laughs> or go get some help. Okay. But what I'm not going to do is tell you, well, uh, if I'm scared of clowns, you have to be scared of clowns. No. I know you're fucking lying. You're scared of clowns. Not me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I'm not going to, if I know you have a fear of something, I am not going to have you around. If I know I'm going to the circus and I know you got a fear of clowns, I'm not going to invite you. But this is where the chaos and the confusion and the craziness step in. Where you going today? I'm going to the circus. Oh, why you didn't invite me? Serious? Ask yourself that. What? Oh my God, I'm always um, inviting you to places and stuff. Why you not inviting me? What's in a, a circus? Right? Because sometimes you have to remind people. Because they, you know, okay. They might have a brain freeze or something. What? Animals and stuff. I want to be entertained. Aren't you scared of clowns? Like, why would you be there if you're scared of clowns? Oh, yeah, you're right. Or... The, the lies come out. I never told you that. Serious? Okay, let me screenshot. Boop, here. Didn't you say that? That's you, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was a long time ago. Girl, that was six months ago. <laughs> For real? So you got over your fear clowns like that? For real? So last night, like I said, we were... um we were watching a show and the clowns was on there. And my daughter was like, oh no, I got to feed clowns. I said, good, you don't have to go to the circus with me. What? Oh my goodness. No, no. You just stated, because I had you. I never knew you had to feed clowns. But hey, okay. <sighs> you don't take me nowhere. Well, you got to feed clowns. Why are you going? Like that. That part. Right, <laughs> but it's okay to be you. Just don't try to make me into you. No. Now, if you have experience with something, let's just say, oh well, I've been to Canada. Oh my God, how was it? I'm planning on going. You know what? What did you experience, and what did you like most about it? Okay, I am not gonna have the same experience with you now. You have people that don't like New Orleans, and I'm okay with that. Oh, no, I can't stand New Orleans. Mm -mm. That's cool. That's cool for me. I'm from there, so I don't, I don't give three shits about it, how you feel. Oh, girl, you shouldn't go. I'm not going to visit my family. I know you lie. <laughs> I know you lie. You have some people that don't like Atlanta. Okay, I lived there for 20 years. Okay. You don't have to like it. Or some people that love South Carolina or love North Carolina. You have some people that don't. But that's your experience. That's your phobia. Whatever happened to you it didn't happen to me. Like, <clears throat> I have friends or I know people that will never leave New York. And if they do, they always come back. Right? So you'll say, oh, my God, you ain't here. Why you come back? Oh, girl, I'm never leaving New York. Okay. But then when you're in a conversation with them, oh, my God, I just need to get out of New York. 
so just go on a vacation. Girl, no. Listen, let me tell y'all this story. Right? I was to sit in the projects in between when I wasn't traveling. And I remember sitting there with Yolanda and them. And I said, yo, we should go to the village. Girl, it's dangerous in the village. Who told you that? No, like you can get off the train and they'll rob you and they'll hurt you. Who told you that? Girl, a friend. No, no, no. So now let me ask you. Have you been to the village? No. Have you been to the city? Girl, it's been a long time. You live in Queens and you don't go to the city? Girl, no. Only if I'm going to housing. Wow. So now housing is on Queens Boulevard. But anyway, her daughter, I said, wow, we should go to the village. No, my mother said, it's dangerous out there. I said, I was just out there. How dangerous can it be? I go by myself or I go with people. Oh, my God. So the mother is still saying how dangerous it is. And I'm sitting here, living person. Girl, like showing pictures and stuff like, nah, yo, we was out here. This was at the pier, you know, on certain days in the summer. They have dances out there. Like, yo, it's just a cool vibe. You can sit by the water. Like, yo, it's it's really cool to walk, you know, from West Forth to the to the water and just seeing things and talking or just going by the side shops and stuff. Like, it's so much that's to do out there. No, because what they said when you get out of the train. My mother said when you get out of the train, you get shot. You can get out of the train on Jamaica Avenue and get shot. Matter of fact, you can get shot just walking out your building. You live in the projects. <laughs> the fuck? You can get shot. A bullet can come through your window, girl. Oh, my goodness. That's no, that's dangerous. So you're going to follow your mother and not. So finally, one day we went to the city. Right, we was on the train and stuff, and we was in the city. Me and her mom, and she was like, "Yeah, oh my god, you know, I I can't make this up." <laughs> First, she was all dead set of not going. We get there, yo, let's take pictures and make people jealous. Why? Cause we in the city. But why? Why? Why are we making people jealous? Like, who cares what people think? No, no. Because people are going to be like, oh, my God, they in the city now? Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, we doing big things. That's a big thing going to the city, to Manhattan? It's not a big thing, love. It, what the fuck do you call a small thing or a huge thing? Because what we do is jump on the train and take it, what, 16 stops? <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> so, anyway, I know it's more than 16. Shut up. So anyway, we get back and some years went by. I said, girl, she was like, yeah, I saw you in the city. I said, when the last time you been? Girl, I don't go out there. It's scary. I only went with you. <sighs> People would add their fears and phobias one to the next. Some people don't want to change. 
some people like remaining where they are. It's safe. It's safe. The booger man, the big bad is out there. Or people out there. It's safe. I was, like I said, I was watching that show on Hulu. In prison. And there's a part where the grandson doesn't go nowhere because he, you know, have this phobia of people. So the grandfather's shit, very social. And he takes him. You know, they go, he finds what his grandson loves. His grandson loves like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff and comics and things. So he takes him to where he's comfortable. And the grandson says something in this form, like, you know, paraphrasing, but when you see the show, you'll get it. Um, he goes, you know, this is where everyone comes. I normally play online because, you know, people. So the grandfather was like, yeah, I noticed, you know, you don't like people. And he was like, yeah. But you saw in the grandson's face, like he wanted to be a part of that because of fear. And the detachment of not fitting in. And prior to that, he did explain to his grandfather that he doesn't fit in. One, being a biracial child. And two, he don't really know what to say. So the grandfather lets him get comfortable. And then he tells him, I'll buy whatever card or whatever it is in the store that you want. That you always wanted and you know you couldn't get it. So the grandson was like, oh, are you serious? He was like, yeah. He said, I'll, I'll buy that for you. But on one condition, I got to see you play with these people. Now you have a choice. You want this, and you've been wanting it. But now I need to see you in action. I want to see you interact with people. No pressure, because I'm right here with you. If something go left, I'm right here. So the grandson agreed with that. And things take time. I get that. I get that part. Things take time. So the grandfather, he saw him play, and the grandson lost. And the grandfather says, well, why? You know, I thought we was winning because the grandfather's in the back popping shit and stuff. And he was like, no, grandpa, we lost. And he was like, why? Why? You know, I thought you had it in the back. So the grandson says something that was so profound. And I know most people that are like this. Oh, we was going to lose anyway. <laughs> we weren't going to win. You have so many people that they have been so hurt and so indoctrinated with fear that they don't see a positive outcome. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not going to work out. I was talking to my son the other day, and he was talking about initiations and stuff. And I was like, I said, you never know. You might, you know, money may come. Oh, I don't have faith for like that, like you. Oh, my goodness. So I live my life like you. And I'm sitting there. And it brought me back to a conversation that Shango had. Like, he said, your family and them will, will see you. And. <clears throat> he said, your family and will see you. And they'll only see the money, right? Or they won't, they won't approve. They don't see the faith, the love that you have. 
for this. And it brought me back the other day. Like, this is your fear. This is your, there's, you, you have to believe in a positive outcome. I don't care how fucked up my life can be. I know that the rain ain't going to last forever. Every storm runs out of rain. I know that the sun is going to shine. No fucking matter what. The earth will turn. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. That and hope. Hope at the bottom of everything. I'm going to hope and believe that this too shall pass. I don't care how you see it. I remember being in a situation with one of my friends and, you know, we were locked up. And they were like, oh, we ain't getting out. I said, shit, I know you lying. We getting out of here. No, ain't nobody going to come. Shit. I said, I ain't worried. And I sat there. We sat there for six hours because it's quick. They're quick to arrest you. That process of letting your ass go takes forever. Sometimes it takes six to nine hours. Sometimes it may take a day. So, but they they arrest you in one second, flat, pow. We be like, damn, you did that paperwork quick. I bet you it's gonna take you twelve hours for my ass to get. Oh, it's a process. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Y'all know how to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, six hours we out. And I never forget my father. He said, you know, you got some choices in this world, being. He said, you can follow people and live that life of going in and out of jail and not wanting anything better for you. He said, I didn't birth you for that. That I know. He said, but you got to really look at what it is you want out of life. It ain't going to be easy. Black. <laughs> Nothing don't come easy for black folk. And that was his journey of life, right? He said, but you got to want something better. Because if you keep on running around thinking this, he said, when you get old, you're not going to appreciate life. You're going to be regretting all the opportunities you miss. And I remember being in a classroom, and the teacher told us, stand up if you want to live your life all over again. And half of the class stood up. And those small group of people that sat down, and I was one of them, I didn't jump up. And he asked, he said, why you didn't stand up? I said, because everything I did in this life, be it good, bad, or indifferent, it brought me here. I ain't got no regrets. And yesterday I was sitting there talking to my daughter, and she, um, I sat back and I said, wow, I don't have regrets. I said, but nobody never asked me, you know, hey, is this what you want to do? Is this, you know, my pops and me, we would have conversations, but nobody never really asked, is there something else you want to do? So 
I had to learn to share and put what I want as well out there because people will ask. Not a lot of people. They will just assume or they'll add you and they plan. But what about my input? My son and my daughter-in-law, they're divorced, by the way. They were making plans. <laughs> I asked that main question because it was never asked of me as a child. So in the era I grew up in, it was kids were seen and never heard. This is a different era. Kids are uh, heard before they're seen. So they were making plans and I asked the one question. Hey, what about asking my granddaughter? Did you ask her what she wanted? And they, my son had to check himself. He said, wait. And he called her. My granddaughter really didn't want to do it. She was like, I'll do it because you're coming down. But it ain't what I want to do. Growing up. In the era I grew up in, like I said, we were seen, we weren't heard. So that's why no one asked, are you okay with this? Is this something you want to do? It was just add on. Psh, you follow suit. You know, we, raised, we were raised in the era, if you hit one, you better hit us all. If one don't come home, everybody better not come home. So it was like a group thing. Because we had to protect each other. We had to survive. This is the era of living. And people that have learned how to survive with the fears and phobias and added in onto you and stuff, they don't understand the concept of living. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to transition into. Most people, oh, I'm living. No, you're not. You're surviving. These young kids that's born in the 2000s, they know how to live. And you know what we call them? Lazy, selfish. Uh, they're not focused, but they really are. We just have to see the lens through their eyes because now it's, hey, we're not adding on your plan. Ask me about my plan too. I'm not following you. Ask me, am I comfortable with this? And we don't want to, real talk, we don't want to give up the seat. We've been riding in the front so long because it was taboo for us that now it's time for us to get the fuck off the bus that now we're intimidated. We're mad. We're angry. We're holding on to that fucking seat for dear life. No, you can't take us off. That's why I love Dave Chappelle. That's the motherfucker that got off the bus. <laughs> and on the bus was sitting, what, millions of dollars? And that nigga got off. I yelped, I'm out. And this is why it's so simple for him to see the lens or look through someone else's lens and ask questions. But when you do that, you're intimidating, you're a racist, you're triggering people, you're, call it what it is. We're so used to learning how to survive in that era. We don't know how to live. And it's foreign to us. Because we have to micromanage, check, supersede. I was doing my daughter here, and she was sitting there, and she was like, Ma, you got to do it this way. You got to do it. I said, you ain't going to micromanage. Oh, my God. This is Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> if you want me to do it or you don't, shut up. Don't micromanage me. And we, we have to because we, we come from that space of. Now, is it right or wrong? <sighs> the times have changed. This is a new. 
Oh, but nothing changed. Everything's not new under the sun. That's what older people say. Those are the folks who just say, God bless them, love them from afar, make sure they're okay, and keep it moving. Because there's no room for growth. And they live by that saying, you can't teach your old dog new tricks. I'm standing my ways. So you already know. They ain't changing. Uh, even if they do, it's not for you to change. It's, it's, not your, it's not your calling. So move on. Right? Then you have those people that are constantly in shit. They're constantly, like, no matter where they go, they're constantly in drama. They're constantly in problems. They're constantly just, and you be like, damn. Those are the people that while they was learning how to survive, they had to keep chaos and drama because that's all they know. I know girls that used to say, oh, if your man don't beat you, he don't love you. What? Because their parents would whoop their ass and say, those beautiful words we all hear. I only do it because I love you. So as a child, they internalized that. So now I'm going to equate with you hitting me is showing me that you love me. Damn. Oh, yeah, I whoop my kids' ass. Don't get it twisted. Now that they're grown, they go, oh, no, we don't beat our kids. Okay. Bring them to my house. They go get the pop out. I got the switcher. I got my wooden spoon. I pop out them on their little boo-boo. Pop, pop, pop. And that's it. And they tell you, gum gum don't play. I sure don't. Because there's rules. Right? But the rules are very simple. You come in gum gum's house. Take your shoes off. You have your socks on. You salute her, reach her. And... If you want something to drink, you sit at the table. You want something to eat, you sit at the table. You wash your hands, you know. You say, mo you buy while you're eating. Um, if you eat at Gum Gum House. You, once you finish, you take your plate and your spoon or your fork and you put it in the sink and you get your juice because you, you don't get food and juice at the same time, no. And we don't play at the table. We don't bring toys to the table. The table is not where you go to act a fool. And when we go out, it is the same. You take your jacket off or your coat or you sit. You go wash your hands. Or gum gum got the sterilizer stuff and you sit down. Because we, we going we to learn some sense. And um, we have fun. You ask questions. You see it's a world. I want you to experience this world. But when you do come, yeah, you, you got to come some respect. Because when you go to people's house, you want to respect their stuff. No, you just don't walk in somebody's house off the street, go in their refrigerator. And, like, I know people that used to be like that. Like, I would go into a friend's house when we was young coming up. And we were, my mom's always taught us, you know, you the representative of everybody in this house. So represent us right. So... We would go to people's house and, you know, you would have people that go in people's house for the first time and go in their refrigerator. Oh, girl, I'm pouring me something to drink. I would go and speak to everybody there and sit my ass down. First, I, you know, speak, hello, good afternoon, good morning, whatever, and sit down. You have people that walk in people's house, so sit on their bed with their clothes, their outside clothes on, stuff like that. I used to be like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I remember a friend of mine, her name was Tracy. She was like, oh, can I get something to drink? I said, yeah, I'll go get it. Oh, I'm going to get it, girl. I know you lying. <laughs> I know you fucking lying. 
<clears throat> you want some water or you can walk around to the store and go get you something to drink. Because what we're not going to do is just walk in my mama's house and just go in the refrigerator and act like you live here. No, we're not doing that. Not, no, uh-uh. Don't, 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 don't get your feelings hurt. And sometimes I used to tell people, the dishes ain't clean. <laughs> Especially if I knew what you did and what that mouth do. Nah, our dishes ain't clean. Uh-uh. Our bathroom broke. Anybody ain't. Mm-mm. Can't use our bathroom. It's getting remodeled. How you use the bathroom? We don't. We shit outside. Like, for real. Because, <laughs> whew. Anyway. We have to change these narratives. You should. You don't have to. The only thing you have to do is pay taxes. But the IRS is coming. And live your best life. Whatever you define as best life for you. I was talking to a brother, and I was like, hey, you know, because he worked at McDonald's. Which, McDonald's is good. A job is a job. A win is a win. And I said, don't you want to live your best life? He said, I am. But then I had to think about how he grew up and where he came from. His mom was on welfare. She was an alcoholic. They didn't really have nothing. You know, if they had somebody had a pair of jeans, before you get a pair, it's passed down. Where you wear your sister's jeans, your daddy's jeans, you know. Like, you ain't really, or you get secondhand clothes from people, so you, you don't really go into department stores and things like that. Um, You know, you ate beans and rice and salmon croquettes all your damn life or whatever the school serves. So, him working at McDonald's and, you know, being able to buy him something and do for him is his best life. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Congratulations on living your best life. All I can pray is you get better. He was like, thank you. Like I said, we are, people are living their life and to us, we we are transitioning and learning that we don't have to survive. We just have to live. And 2023 is kind of teaching us all that. Like, it's coming out. People are being themselves. That's the one thing I love. I don't know if y'all seen it, where the preacher's wife, she is on the pulpit cussing some lady out from trying to talk to her husband. She said, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm saved, but when I see that ass, it's on sight. All I could do is laugh. And everybody was in the comments like, you know, how dare she? These are people of God. A few people was like, shit, she's speaking truth. On sight is on sight. You know? Um, is she wrong? That's not for me to say. Was she being her honest self? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lady she talked about said her name and everything. Was that being messy? She didn't go around and tell nobody. She stood there and voiced what she had to say. Will God punish her or destroy her? God said, come as you are. <laughs> we forget that part. God says, come as you are. <laughs> Folks, uh, kind of 2023 is showing us that. And it is shocking to people 
Because even in the spiritual community, people are being themselves. There's this white dude that, you know, he talks about Orisha. Oh, it's African religion. You can't. Orisha, now, it don't, I haven't never said or seen, and it may be, so I'm not here to say, but they pick you. Now, is it like Christianity? No, it's not. But they want you. They choose you. Especially if you went through the ceremonies. They choose you. They knew who they was choosing. <laughs> they knew. They knew who they were choosing. So, you know, we we get so... We get so lost, man, with so much stuff. And we are we are really showing our childhood traumas because now they have came on over into our adults. And it's it shows. It shows. It shows. I was telling my daughter, I said, in my family, we're known for the fight and flight. We either run and shut down or we'll fight you. And neither is good. We have to learn how to communicate solutions. And I tried that with my cousin. Because I understand, right? The fight and flight and all of that. But these fears and phobias and these, you know, I I can't do that. It's their issue, not mine. So my cousin and me, you know... Whatever she was going through, she just assumed that everyone was talking bad about her. And I'm like, no. So she'll say something. And then when you call her, right, instead of texting, you call her. She'll watch her phone ring and don't answer. Now, I never knew this. Her brother, because, you know, I called her brother and I'm like, yo, you know, what's up with your sister? Where is she at? He said, oh, you tried to call? I said, yeah. He said, oh, no. She's sitting there watching the phone. That's what she do. That was it. So I called her and called her. Finally, she picked up. Oh, I don't know what you heard about me. Stop. Pause. I'm not that person. I'm not. A lot of people don't like a communication. Now, if you're angry or you're emotional, I'll give you your space. Take your time. Get your brain right. Get your emotions in check and let us talk. So I'm going to back out. But when it's time, yeah, we're going to have a conversation. And on my family, right? Now, on my father's family, they're talkers. I, I think I get that honestly. My father's side, oh, they talkers. My grandfather would talk. Like, yo, I, I pissed you up? Come, sit. Let's sit down and, and find out. Like, my grandfather was a talker. Like, we're going to find some solutions to this. Because... We either going to live under this roof together in peace or one of us going to leave. Figure it out. Uh, let, let's find ways where we can agree to disagree peacefully and respectfully. That's my grandfather on my father's side, my father's pops. But also what I've learned as well, my father's side were travelers, right? And when I say travelers, like my grandfather been to Italy, like... You know, my pops was all over the place. My uncles and them, like, they traveled. They traveled the world. They went abroad. So they're a different kind of people, right? Because they seen the world. And my pops would travel with his friends or he'd travel by himself. 
He didn't need an entourage. My grandfather would travel, and he was in the army, a black man back then, so he traveled all over the world. My uncle danced with Dorothy Dandridge and them, so he would travel. My other uncle, Nat, God bless the day, he would... He was in the black um, tumbling team called the Applejacks. So he would travel, right? And they would, you know, they would they would travel. They had these opportunities, and they took advantage of them, and they they stepped on it and traveled. My mom's side, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, yeah, no. Mm -mm. Now, they didn't go out of the country, not all of them. Some of them did. I'm not going to lie. Some of them did. But they're more of more local base or they travel in the 50 states. And when they go, it's usually I'm going to see families. I'm going to party, fuck somebody, and then I'm get drunk and I'm coming back. Well, did you go and see this monument or did you go, nah, child, I ain't worried about that. Girl, I went. I went and found me a shorty and... So they, they do that. And I love them for it. Don't, don't get it twisted. I love them for it. Because they know how to enjoy their lives. Right? And the way they see fit. My pops in the side, they are going to go abroad. <laughs> they are. They not, you not having them. They ain't doing the local. Like, nah. You know? And it's crazy because that's how they were raised. You know? Um, they didn't brag about their wealth. They didn't uh, make you feel less than. Like my great-grandmother left from Asheville, North Carolina, moved to Harlem and brought the whole fucking building, right? And I understand her concept, right, of surviving, but also, like, my pops and them understood the concept of living, but when you are around people, you either going to shine or you're going to dim your light. Your choice is yours. Real talk, right? And I'm, I'm not all over the place. I want y'all to see, like, how people are and how their traumas and everything are coming into their adulthood. Now, my pops and them were raised where, you know, my grandfather, on my grandfather's side, they had money. On my grandmother's side, her parents passed away, and she was raised by her cousins in Elm, and they lived a simple life down south. So, my grandfather lived on the reservation, and but they had money. So, when they left and they moved up to Harlem, she brought the whole building and moved all her kids and everybody in that building. And, you know, Mr. Fritz lived downstairs. He was the caretaker, but he was also, you know, sleeping. That was my great-grandmother's friend, white German guy. That was her friend. And they owned a building. And she, I guess she wanted that to overlap to where. But back then, dope hit Harlem. Uh, people started, you know, traveling, worrying about themselves. After the elders left, and that was it. So Pop brought a house in Queens on 134, right, 134th Street. And um, he brought a house. In that little house, he raised his kids, right, mama and sons. 
and his daughter, and we walked over their grandkids. We weren't far away from each other. We lived in a radius. And um, drugs, everything else. Mama sold the house, moved in with Moses, her son. And um, it was just a lot, right? So anyway, <laughs> my pops got with my mom. Now, like I said, they're traveling to 50 states, but they weren't going outside of the country because my mother had this fear of, you know, out there is dangerous. My pops and them traveled abroad. And he settled. Like, he dimmed his light so her light can shine. Oh, that's so romantic. No. Let me add fuel to your light while you add fuel to mine, but I'm not dimming mine. And I remember my pops would always tell me, being travel, see the world, enjoy this world. Even if nobody else goes with you, enjoy it. Live. Live. Don't let no one tell you different. And I would. I would get up and go. And people that would say, hey, I'm going with you. Okay. And then when the time comes, they don't go. I still go. And they'd go, oh, you didn't go right. Yeah, I went. Shit, I had fun. Oh, my God. What happened? Well, if you cared, you would have came. <laughs> so do like everybody else. See it online or catch the pictures. And that's it. Um, And my children, like I put that in them. Travel, see the world. My son and them, they would go wherever. Like, I don't want them. I love my mother, but she came from an era of, yeah, go party, go have fun. But also taking the sights. What? You know, learn what they're doing. Get to know people. Don't be scared. Talk to people. And my mom and them, they would, her side of the family, they would go and party. Like, they knew how to throw a party. They knew how to dress, baby. Oh, we're going to throw a party. We're going to get drunk. We're going to overspend. But my pops and them, they would travel and they would, we ain't spending like that, you know. But... I'm not going to, and that's another thing. Like my father, he came from an era as well. Treat yourself first. My father, he'll give my mother his paycheck, but he'll, he'll take care of his stuff. Like what he needed, you know, if he was doing a gig or if he had something to do that dealt with his music, he'll make sure that that's taken care of. And I can't get mad at him for that, you know. Like, my mom didn't believe in a bank account. Put your money under the mattress type. That's the era she came from. My pops had a bank account. Like, nah, mm-mm. He, he, when Capital One, once Jamaica Savings switched over to Capital One, that nigga went up there, took the savings, and put it in the bank account. He had a bank account. Now, my grandfather did. He believed in finances on my pops' side. My mother was, shit, spend today because tomorrow ain't promised. That was her ideology. My pops was safe. But then he started, you know, dimming his light, allowing her to shine. And didn't work out. I mean, they never left each other, but it wasn't it didn't it didn't go down to us. We had to learn about finances and money in a whole different, like all over again.
You know, some of us get it, some of us still don't. You know, I remember my aunt passed away by eight, and my brother and them were like, oh, you coming? I was like, nah, I got bills to pay. Like, nah, they doing it in the first of the month. I got to pay bills. And he was like, I don't care, I'm going. I said, okay, have fun. He had to borrow. And he spent all that money and had the worst time. And he was like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have went. Well, now you have to work longer hours and pick up shifts and do all of that to pay for something that you know you couldn't afford. It, it's okay. Once again, surviving instead of learning how to live. Not adding fears. You don't have to sign up because somebody is doing it. Yeah, my feet don't belong at every table. I don't need to go everywhere. No, someday, like now, I'm sitting home. Why? Well, we had a snowstorm. Okay. Now, they cleared the roads out, right? Snow is everywhere. Like you in a beautiful Rockwell picture. It is beautiful outside. Not going to lie. But it's cold and it's summer. I mean, it's winter. So, I can get on the train now and go. But the the chance of me getting from here, where I live at, upstate, to New York, is the in the wintertime is the worst. Why? Because some tracks and some routes are not um, clean. Like, they didn't remove the snow yet. And you get there, most likely you'll be stuck in Albany for about four or five hours. Or you'll be stuck on the train for about three or four hours. Well, I'm doing it. I, there, there's, it's not die hard to where it's a life and death situation to where I have to make myself inconvenient and go somewhere just to be seen. No. No, no it's, it's not that serious. Oh, well, everybody's going. I'm not everybody, so go ahead. And I'm good with that. I know how to say no. I know how to say no and let it sit right with me. I know how to... Not working on, first of all, working on, because I want to say this, working on dealing with your childhood traumas as they come into an, as you deal with them as on an adult level is the hardest thing. I'm not even going to lie. Watching the show Unprisoned, the girl was dealing shadow work at its best. So y'all have to watch it. The girl was um, talking to her younger self, and she said something so beautiful. She said, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you. I'm sorry I didn't love you the way you needed to be loved. But you're a child. Go play. Go play. I'll take it from here. And I had to do that with me. Like, I really did. And I, it was such a connection because I had to tell my younger self, Yo, go play. Go and be a kid. Go ride on the swing. Slide down the sliding boards. Go play double dutch and hopscotch. Go eat pizza until you get a, a stomach ache. Go laugh. Go swing on the swings. Worrying about adult things is not for you. Go play, Don. Go play. I got it from here. I got it. You, you good. Go play. It's the hardest thing in the world. Not even going to lie, it was. 
it was challenging to be everything for everyone and have no one there for you is stressful. You start losing hair, you start getting sick, the whole nine. Putting everyone else's issues and things before yours while you're sitting in the corner and you're not getting it. But you have to survive because you want to bring everyone with you and you're pulling the rope and the couch and everything while they sitting back eating bonbons watching you do all the work. That was mine because I saw my mother and them do it and I thought it was right. I saw where you take care of a man, you know, or I saw where even if the man is supposed to and you're like, wow, that's that's not how it's supposed to be. But in that era, it fit them. That's what they were supposed to do. It's not for me. Fighting and flighting where I'm not going to talk to you. No, how do I know if we're working things out? Seeing therapy, not thinking that, you know, black folk don't go to therapy or, you know, no, they're going to put you on medication. Therapy is only for crazy people. Fucking biggest lies you ever heard. But I go, oh, if you're spiritual, you don't need therapy because your spirits are going to help you. That's my spiritual aspect. Still got to deal with my human, my physical. Things are not right. Things are not adding up. I need to be whole and healthy. Okay. Telling people that, you know, you're going to therapy is like an embarrassment. Why? Uh, I don't see that. Or the number one thing that people think. You can't share everything with everybody. They're going to judge you. Well, they're judging you now. So what's the problem? <laughs> you know, seeing people's growth. Girl, but remember when she did this? Yeah, but she don't do that no more. I'm happy that she moved forward. She's growing. Mm-mm. You know how people are. They're always going to be like that. No, that's you. That's not them. She's changed. Or he's changed. That's all you want out of life? Well, compared to what they had to what they have now, shit, a win is a win. <laughs> Let's pray and encourage them to even go further. Don't just stop. Keep going. People love a support system. And when you're going through healing and therapy and you're transitioning to change your life, you're going to need that support system. You're going to need that tribe, that village. You're going to need it. To help you through all of this. Because it gets scary. It gets foreign. And then you'll watch your friends and them pass away and get sick. And you, you know, that fear hits you. Like, damn, they was the same age as me. Or I knew them. Or, damn, that's right down the block. That's close to home. But then you act. We all have a, the opportunity to change and get better. I don't eat collard greens like that with all that fat in it. I don't eat pork and all of that. Oh, but that's traditional. That's what we give. Oh, my God. And they died of diabetes and high cholesterol and all of that. Why would I want to give that? Girl, but that's good cooking. Okay. <laughs> Listen, 
Your ancestors, the world, God, all of them. I don't believe they want you to be prisoners and to constantly repeat the slave, prisoner, ignorant mentality. I believe they gave you a life. And God instilled so many gifts in you. That before your time is over on this earth, you should go back empty, saying, God, I used everything. And I didn't allow no one's fears, phobias, confusion to stop me. I may have started out living this life on how to survive, but I sure changed the narrative and now I'm living. And if nobody was happy for me, I left their asses there and I didn't turn around and care about what they thought. I kept going up that beautiful road. No, I wasn't trying to run to glory or run to the finish the race because at the end is death and I ain't trying to get to see you before my time. Because to be honest, you're going to have to take me kicking and screaming. But when I do stand in front of you, I want to tell you, I took advantage of every opportunity. Well, I had one person, well, you know, you're older now. You could have did this when you were young. Baby, living your life don't have a motherfucking age limit or expiration date. I'm going to live it. I, now, I'm not competing with no young person. I was watching a video where some young girls like, oh, older women, that's, they miserable because they're single. No, baby, we're not. We, we're single by choice. We've already been married and everything. Now it's time for us to live our lives. Shit, you know how many older women now are actresses and models and life coaches and all of that. Don't look at us as we're your enemy. Look at our life as an experience and as a roadmap to say, well, wow, my elders, I have some of them that are living. Do y'all sit down and sit with your elders and really learn about their lives? So this way, when you come across this, you can do better because they already gave you the example and paved the way. You don't have to be like them, but you go better. You go further. Listen, if I can't leave you with nothing else, I want you today make a commitment to yourself to heal what needs to be healed, but take advantage and take every opportunity that fits right for you and live your fucking life. Real talk. Don't allow people to stop you. And if you are living in that mode of survival, see why you're still living in that. Because the great booger man is gone. Master ain't there no more. Ain't nobody holding the whip and chain. See why you're still living that. And now, let's change it. Heal from it. And start living instead of surviving. Real talk. Let's start living. And I want to give you something where you can do that. Psalm 64. Universal Psalm. When you read it, pray for healing. The doors that you are too scared to open that lead to your trauma and to give you strength. So whatever you got to face, you can face it head on. Okay? All right. Love y'all.